Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Amen, amen. Well, hey, you may be seated. So today we are celebrating five years, and I can't believe it's been five years as a church. Um, and today we also are, it's, it's, today's also a tough day. Um, Scott and I have served together in ministry fashion, worship leader and pastor for a long time. Since the mid, well, I wasn't a pastor, but we've served together in some form since the mid-90s, which makes us sound super old. And Scott, as over a year ago, Scott came to me and he said, Jeremiah, I really feel like I, I'm, I need to go back to school um, to be able to, for those of you who don't know, Scott and Katie, um, God has blessed them with four amazing children, and they all have some form of, of, of learning struggles, less special needs. And um, and Scott, they he, he's been really doing so much of, of the teaching of them at school, and um, they've pulled them out to homeschool them. And Scott really has given the Deruders a burden for homeschool, for families with special needs kids. And so he said, Jeremiah, I feel like a God or I'm supposed to go back to school to get my degree to help families because he saw that there's a lot of care for kids and not a lot of care for the parents. Um, and so Scott, God really burdened Scott's heart. But he told me that a year ago, and I thought, okay, what does that even look like? <clears throat> and so Scott came to, uh, to, Scott came to us about a month ago and said, guys, I have to resign um, from my role as the worship pastor here at City View Church. And, uh, you know, that's Scott and I, we've, there, there's, it's very rare to find a, a lead pastor and a worship pastor that can work good together where it's not, one's not fighting for more attention. One's not fighting for, because the end is always the glory of God. That's really the end. And I, I couldn't ask for a, a better friend, um, and a guy to serve in ministry with. I mean, we've been, we've been to Thailand, we've been to Belize, Panama, We've been all over the world serving the Lord, and it's just, God's not done, but it's in this form right now. Um, and so, Scott, we're so thankful for all that you've done, for the years of service, pouring into young people. I mean, each person here on this team, Scott, has has poured into their lives. Some of them, he even, like, I don't know how many, Scott, when he first started, serving on a worship team. He was, what, 15, 16, 17 years old, had just picked up a bass. Didn't know how to play the bass guitar. And our worship leader, when we were in youth group, his name was Bruce Jackson, said, and he, he did the same to me too. Um, I don't play an instrument. I just sing. <clears throat> Not very well either. But said, Scott, I want you on the worship team. I don't know how that conversation went. And Scott has always had a value of pouring into that next generation because somebody poured into him. And the, the, many of these here, that they are part of Scott's outpouring. Tim right here, this guy who plays drums, I know many of you like it. Um, he didn't make the team the first time. Scott told him, no, you're not. I don't know what he said. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I love that Scott doesn't give up on anybody. And so Scott's next step is he's starting school in just a couple weeks. Um, and he's going to be going to school. To, to, Scott, maybe you want to tell a little bit about what you're going to be doing. 
you know, like Jeremiah said, I have, um, you know, my wife and I have four special needs kids, all a range of diagnoses, but we've had the privilege of being able to have services provided for them, whether it's um, therapy or speech therapy or all sorts of stuff, right? Um, and that has really impacted our family for the better. And uh, like Jeremiah said, it's probably over a year ago, I really started thinking about going back to school so that I could kind of do the same thing for others. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I think kind of quarantine hit where God was able to make me still enough and let me hear and, and say, this is what I want you to do. Because um, originally my thought was, well, I'll just do both. I'll go to school and get my master's and and uh, do uh, be the director of the worship team as well. But um, over the, the course of this last year, things have happened where um, we've made the decision to, to homeschool a couple of our kids long term. And um, it's just not going to be possible to do both and to do both well and to do both right. Um, so uh, at the end of the month, I'll um, be doing online courses to get my master's in mental uh, clinical mental health counseling. And so uh, the dream goal is really to uh, be able to, like Jeremiah said, be able to reach um, and, and help out families of special needs kids. I would love it if it would be um, families with autistic kids. And um, so that's, that's the goal. And uh, I got to say, I don't know if I said it perfectly or, or, or well last uh, service, but I want to thank you for um, just the, the friendship you've given to me and my family. And um, like Jeremiah said, it's not necessarily common to find a, a worship director and a, and a lead pastor have um, a good relationship. And I feel like we've, we've had that for so long and um, more than just a, a, a working church relationship, we've had a friendship. And I thank you so much for that. And uh, your life and what God is doing in your life has, has impacted me. And um, so... Um, that's the that's the dream and that's the goal and I'm I'm so glad that God has put together pieces and raised up people um, so that stepping away doesn't doesn't feel like there's a hole that got amazing leaders who have have risen up and um, already taken the reins and and are doing a fantastic job so so you'll see them around they're yeah. still here yes it's just Scott when he came to me last week or two three weeks however many weeks ago. Scott said, I, I know the commitment that I ask of my team. Um, and those of you, as, as um, Mark shared about serving on a team, and um, you know, I know that those commitments can sound daunting and like, you want me to give three hours of my week? The, this team, not to brag, but they give like 10 hours of their week every week to serve and to bring about a, an excellence, a way of excellence with our worship. And so... I, I just thank you. So Scott said, I, I know I can't commit to that right now. I've got to commit to teaching my kids and going to school. And maybe in the future when I actually can see what that looks like. And I think Scott's ministry here is just going to look different. It's going to probably gear towards helping families and who knows what it's going to look like. But Scott, we have a gift for you. We have a gift for you and your family. Katie's is on the way, but we have a gift for you. It's just a thank you. Many of you may not know, but the DeRuders are huge baseball fans, which I didn't know this until seeing it on his social media. So we got him a Diamondbacks jersey. And Scott, we turn around. What What's the significance of that number, Scott? Significance of that number 22 is uh, I've been a part of worship or leading worship for 22 years. It's been a giant chapter of my life. And it's one I'll always cherish. 
So I'm excited to see what the next 22 years of service looks like. Um, so Scott, thank you. And we have a gift for your kids and Katie's will be here soon. And the Druders are watching us online. Hey, Druders. Um, but hey, if you are on the worship team, would you please come up here? Um, I would like to, us to pray for Scott right now. So I see like Mariah and I know David's in here and Brittany. Okay. Um, I'd like us to pray for Scott. That's a blessing. Lord, we are so thankful for allowing us to serve together in such a special way. God, I thank you for Scott and Lord, just for his sacrifice of all that he does each and every week. And Lord, we ask a blessing upon him as, as he goes back to school. And Lord, as he allows this call, Lord, something that you put on his heart, because I know what, what he's going to be doing is not an easy thing but it's bearing a burden and lifting up moms and dads' arms that just are weary. And God, I thank you for the opportunity and the burden that you've laid on his heart. And Lord, I ask God that you would bless the Deruta family, God, that you'd be with them, Lord, that you'd use them in a powerful way to impact your kingdom, Lord, to come alongside families in need. Lord, I ask that you would just bless them and protect the Deruders. Lord, I ask that you would just bless him as he teaches the kids, kids and as he goes to school. May your hand be upon them. Lord, I ask that you'd bless um, City View and bless the team that Scott has poured so much time and heart into. God, we are so thankful for him. In Jesus' name. And all those people said, amen. So yes, thank you so much, Scott. So you may be wondering, what's, what does that look like for us? Well, Josh, um, Scott has been, not the, yeah, no, like, everybody's fine. Um, so Scott is, you know, we're all, we talk about raising up the next generation. What does that look like? And Scott has poured so much into the Josh. Josh has been serving along Scott since he was 15, 14 and a half, something like that. Um, since he was a little, wee little lad. Um, and he is going to be our, our interim worship pastor as we move forward. So thank you. Thank you guys. So yeah, it, it's, I mean, we celebrate, but it's sad. I, I mean, I have served with Scott, my, my son and his son, one of his sons, they're best friends. They fortnight every day together. Um, and they call each other. Joel has his own iCloud account so he can make phone calls so he doesn't have to use my phone, but he has to call Scott or Katie's phone which probably annoys them um, because Joel's probably sending texts and all that kind of stuff constantly to one of them. Um, but they just, the Deruders mean so much to us. So we're thank, thankful for them. So good morning. It's weird that so many sit in the back and you guys don't sit closer, but it's okay. I'm not going to judge you. Um, Cause it still seems like you're close. So, as I've been looking at what, what is this next series, uh, what, what are we going to roll into? Our, our world has gone through a lot, hasn't it? 2020. I was talking to somebody uh, outside after service um, and he said, 2020 has not been our year. I'm looking going, has it been anybody's year? Can anybody say, go 2020? I love it. Um, I, I, I heard somebody was telling me that 2020 is going to become an adjective. Um, that it's like, man, that's so 2020. Or that's so COVID or something like that. It's going to be some kind of adjective. It's going to be how you define a terrible, awful experience in life. And that's sort of what 2020, how it's sort of, if, 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 it's in, if you guys have had any kind of experience like me, this is not, it's not been all that fun. It has its moments and sometimes good. Um, and so I've been thinking, what, what do we go into? What, what, is, what will help? And so a couple of weeks ago, I put on social media this questionnaire, this survey. And I said, hey, if there could be one sermon, one series, what would you want? And I gave four options. 
And the one option was um, anxiety and depression. Another option was relationships. Another option was end times. These are all the big questions I get from people, end times. And the fourth one was Christianity and social issues. And if you live in our world right now, that's sort of everything. I had one friend of mine, he said, Jeremiah, can I pick all four? He said, because I feel like because of everything going is, that's going on um, with social issues, I don't know how to respond. And because of all the social issues happening, I feel like the end times are coming. And because of the stress of the end times, I, my anxiety is going up. And because of my anxiety going up, I feel like I'm not being a good husband, so my relationship is bad. Anybody else like that out there where you feel like they are just piggybacking one on the other? And so I thought, what is going on? And, and we all are experiencing that. And, and so what, what I thought of is, what I saw the main problem is, is we've lost Jesus in this whole thing. Because Jesus has not changed. He's not moved. He doesn't look at 2020 going, man, that's a bad year. He looks at maybe the year Jesus died, maybe just that day, he's like, that was sad. But it only lasted like three days because I knew he was going to, I'm going to bring him back to life. So it really wasn't that big of a deal because I, I knew it was just, I had a to be continued, but I already knew, I already saw the next episode. So Jesus, oh, God wasn't stressed. But we've lost Jesus along the way. You see, in life, everything has a center. In life, we have a center. We live here on earth, and the sun is the center of our solar system. And the earth just goes around and around, and we don't even realize it. The sun doesn't get much, much credit, does it? It gets credit on really hot days, and then we hate it, right? Like, God kill you, sun! Because we've had a terrible summer, right? It's 2020. Everything's been bad. Sun's been hotter. Summers have been longer. I mean, if you are homeschooling your kids, you're like, I thought summer break was like a break, but it's like gone forever and ever and ever. And those of you who love your job and your school teachers are like, I just want to see my kids. And it's just been this long summer. And then it's been hot. So you can't even go outside. And you lost quarantine. During quarantine, they told you you had to stay inside. You couldn't, so you couldn't even go outside. So it's like, when is this ever going to be over? So when the sun's too hot, we don't like it. Now when the sun's gone, if you're from Arizona and it's cloudy for more than a day, you're like, where's the sun at? You notice the sun's missing, right? And then when the weather is perfect outside, you know those days that happened Thursday? Remember Thursday? How many of you went outside Thursday? You're like, where am I right now? Am I in Arizona? How many of you love Thursday? Who went hiking Thursday? Who did something outside Thursday? Because it's like, this is God's place on earth right now. Yeah, I attempted to hike Camelback Mountain this week. Attempted. Who's, who's conquered Camelback? I applaud you. You are a better man than I am um, and woman. But you see, when the sun, when it's perfect weather outside, who gets credit? Weather, right? But do you realize that it's actually the sun who created that perfect weather? It wasn't the weather. It wasn't all of a sudden like weather became something. But the sun, which is the center of our universe, causes all those things to work. You see, the sun keeps us grounded. Without gravity, we float off into nothing. The sun keeps you grounded. The sun, it guides you. 
You could go outside at any time during the day, and the sun will help you see exactly where you need to go. You don't need to stumble about going, okay, where should I take a step next? No, the sun's guiding you. It's leading you. It's lighting your path. And the sun also, it gives life. You see, without the sun, life would cease to exist. Without the sun, heat and light, the earth would become a lifeless ball of ice-coated rock. The sun warms our seas and stirs our atmosphere and generates our weather patterns and gives energy to the growing green plants that provide the food and the oxygen of life. You see, the sun gives life. The sun holds our solar system together. The sun has to be at the center of everything. And if anything were to change it, all life would go off into nothing. Whether you like it or not, the sun at the center is necessary. Whether you like it or not, the sun has to be at the middle whether you like it or not, the sun is giving life. Whether you like it or not, the sun at the middle of all things is the truth. The sun. Remove the sun and everything falls apart. It's so key that the sun stays in the center. Our lives too have a center. Our lives, too, have something that holds us and grounds us and keeps us going. But for many of us, the thing that's at the center is causing more chaos in our life than we could ever desire or want. Because it's not the thing that grounds us. It's not the thing that guides us. And it's not giving us life. So what's at your center what, what's here for you? What, what's at the middle of your life and your soul and your cause and your purpose? You see, here's the thing. Something is grabbing you and pulling you away from your true center. So what is it? What is grabbing you? What is pulling you away from the center of the universe? What is it? What's grabbing you? If Jesus isn't at the center of your life, then everything or everyone else will become it. If Jesus isn't here, then everything else or someone else is going to pursue that spot in your life. Something is always trying to get the center of your life. Something is always trying to get this space in your life. Something or someone is fighting for it. So what is it? If Jesus isn't the center, something else has to be. Here's the thing I want you to know. Whatever is at the center of your life, it will guide you, it will ground you, and it will either give you life or it will take your life away. So, what's at your center? Does it ground you? Does it guide you? Is it giving you life? Or does it leave you feeling stressed out, lost, and depressed? What's at your center? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. And God, as, as many of us, we've come and maybe we've been struggling with, with, with that whole thing. What's our cause? What's our purpose? What is our center? God, I ask that you would stir in us and help us realize that you are the best thing to have at the center. God, I ask that you would speak to churches all over the valley today, wherever your people are, whether they're at Desert Breeze, Heritage, Cross Church Surprise, or here at City View. God, I ask that you bless us in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Well, hey, if this is your first time, my name is Jeremiah. I'm the lead pastor here at City View Church, and we're starting a new series titled, We Lost Jesus. And did you know that people in the Bible actually lost Jesus? Did you know that? That there are accounts of people in the Bible who lost Jesus. The first people to lose Jesus was his parents, his own mom and dad. They lost their son. Can you imagine losing your child? They had one goal. They had one responsibility. They had one thing they had to do. They had to keep an eye on Jesus. Keep him alive until he's 30 so he can fulfill his purpose and die for us on the cross and rise again from the dead. They had one job. By the age of 12, they already lost him. 12 years old and they lost him. Here's the story. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when, he, and when he became 12 years old, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. But they supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and then they began looking for him. Okay, they're gone a whole day, and then they find out they lost a 12-year-old? I'm sorry, my 12-year-old, actually 13, by the end of a day, he'd be like, can I have a snack? Mom and dad wins dinner. I don't know what the family's like with them, but my son would be like, it's time to eat. Where's my food? But they lost him for a whole day, at least a day. And says, Verse 45, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him, and then after three days, they found him. After three days, they found him in the temple. So how many days have they lost him? So they looked for him three days in Jerusalem. They lost him a day. So we're looking at at least four days. Some think he could have been missing for even longer than that. We don't fully know. We just know they looked three days. They wandered a day. And so that's it. Three days missing their son. Then they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his mom and dad saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Jesus, son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's home? He meant no disrespect in this. He was not being disrespectful. He was pointing them back to God. But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. Four days. Four days. Do you ever wonder what that walk back with Mary and Joseph would have been like? How how that would have been? Do you think they were arguing? I would have been. I've been like, Mary... What in the world? She'd be like, me? It's my fault? When did it become only my fault? He's your son too. You see, have you ever lost something super important to you? I remember one time my brother Josh and I, we were, went to the, uh, it was a carnival or it was the Maricopa County Fair or some kind of fair thing. And, and we we're with my mom and, and we got lost. So we, she, she told us, okay, go, we were going on the bumper cars. If you're, carnivals are creepy places. Don't lose your kids at carnivals. Just don't do that. And so, we go on. She goes, I'm going to meet you at the exit. Because, you know, they make you go on one way. I mean, they were COVID ready. Make you go on one way and out the other way. So you, we go on. We ride it. We have fun. And then like little boys who have no attention span, because that's me. I live in a lack of attention span. And I, we get off. And we're like, ah! you know, we're wandering. And all of a sudden, I don't know if we walk past her or what, but we're lost at a carnival or a fair, Maricopa County Fair, wherever it was. I don't know, but we're lost. And somehow, I don't know if we were crying. I mean, assuming I'm there, probably I was crying. 
Josh, is, who knows what he was doing, not crying. We find an officer who so kindly leads us to our, parent, to our mom. Have you ever lost something important? Can you imagine losing Jesus? I mean, we don't know how many kids they have at this point. This might be their only son right now. They might, they, I know, we know they have other kids, but can you imagine losing God's son? I mean, this isn't just some normal kid. If you're allowed to have a favorite, I think Jesus was allowed to be Mary and Joseph's favorite son. They're like, why can't you be more like your brother Jesus? He never makes mistakes. He's never lied to us once. They're like, mom and dad, it's not fair. He's God's son. Either way, be more like your brother. Can you imagine the argument of Mary and Joseph? Joseph goes, Mary, it was your responsibility to watch the son. I don't know, what, what were you doing? How did you lose Joseph or Jesus? She goes, me? She goes, I remember coming to you, Joseph, and I said, Joseph, you've got Jesus now. You need to watch him and take care of him. He goes, I don't remember that. She goes, no, you said, okay, honey. He, and then he probably, his response goes, was I paying attention? She goes, well, you said, okay. Yeah, but I might not have heard any of you husbands ever done this before where you said, okay, but you really didn't mean okay because you weren't really paying attention to the question that was asked of you. Any of you ever done that before? Yeah, I have where I've said, okay. And then my, my wife goes, why didn't you do it? I go, do what? The thing I asked you, did you ask me something? Yeah, you said, okay. But was I like looking at you and paying attention fully? I wonder if that was Joseph. He goes, well, no, 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 no. I, okay, yes, I remember that conversation. But I didn't know you, like, gee, you meant, like, I had to stay with you. She goes, well, I was going to pack up the entire tent because you were too busy talking to your buddies. Oh. Lost Jesus. You see, they got so busy with the commotion. They got so busy with the celebration. They got so busy with what was happening in culture and in life that they lost Jesus. And how many of us in this time now where we've been so busy with so many things going on in life, so many distractions, that we've lost Jesus? You see, Jesus tells his mom and dad, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? You see, Jesus' center was God. Jesus' center was, was doing what God had called him to do, was, was focusing on what God called. And he tells his mom and dad, did you not know I had to be about my father's business? You see, Jesus knew the only way he was going to know how to do what God called him to do is if he was all about God's business. You see, God has to be the center. Whatever's at your center will guide you. It's going to guide you somewhere whether it's where you want to go or not, whatever's at your center is going to get you to some point, to some purpose, to some place. And some of you are looking at your life going, how did I get here? Well, look back. What's your center? Was it a relationship? Was it a business deal? Was it something else? I don't know what it was, but whatever was at your center got you to where you are now. So what's at your center? What's at your center? You see, when we lose sight of Jesus, we are easily distracted by what's important. When we lose sight of Jesus, we are easily distracted by what's important. Remember, whatever is at your center, it's going to guide you. It's going to ground you. 
And it's either going to give you life or it's going to take it. So what's at your center? So then we have Peter. Peter lost Jesus a couple times. If you turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it's the, it's the story of this time where, where Peter is, is trying to find Jesus. It says in verse 35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. You see, Jesus was continually keeping God at his center. Continually keeping God at his center. He would often go away to a place in prayer. If Jesus needed to keep God at his center, how much more do we need God in ours? So it says in verse 36, Simon and his companions searched for Jesus. They lost him. Can you imagine waking up that morning? Who didn't set their alarm? How is Jesus already gone? Where did Jesus go? Did Jesus tell you where he's going to go? Guys, we've lost Jesus. We've lost him again. We don't know where he is. That's the, the commotion. They all thought, okay, whose responsibility was it to make sure Jesus stayed where he was supposed to be? Because Peter had this agenda. Peter had this plan. Peter had this idea of what Jesus's ministry was supposed to look like on earth. And I feel like some of us have the same problem or some of us have the same thing. We think we know what Jesus is supposed to do on earth. And so Peter goes, Jesus says they found him and they said, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also for that is why, that is what I came for. In another gospel in Luke, it says, Jesus said to them in the same story, I must preach the kingdom of God. You see, Peter was so focused on being busy. You see, busy can be your center. Have any of you allowed busyness to be the center of your life? Busy with, with who knows what. It could, it could be busy with, with just making sure you, have, you are making the most money. It could be busy with your kids. It could be busy with your social life. It could be busy with just social things. It could be busy with um, your own pride. It could be busy with some relationship. I don't know, but we can be so busy busy, that busyness becomes our center. And Peter's like, Jesus, we've got stuff to do. You've got more people to heal. Jesus, you've got more lives to change. Jesus, we've got more people that you need to cast out the demons. Jesus, we got stuff for you to do. And Peter and Jesus says to them, Peter, my center is God. I did not come to heal everybody but I came to heal everybody's soul. That's why I'm here. See, Peter was so busy on fixing everybody's problems, healing everybody and helping everybody with their issues. And some of us right now in life, we've been so distracted, so busy with trying to fix everybody. But you can't do that if Jesus isn't at your center. Jesus didn't even fix everybody. Jesus didn't even heal everybody. Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God. That's why he came. He tells us that. He tells us, I am here to preach, to preach the kingdom of God, to point people to, to, to who God is. I'm here to heal souls, not just broken fingers. You see, some of us, we've been so busy and we've allowed this to be our center. We've allowed money to be our center. We want to get, 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 get. We've allowed this to be our center. And this, 
what's crazy is I remember when this whole COVID thing hit and people who were in the stock market heavily into that and they just watched it crash those first few weeks. And all of a sudden the center of their life crumbled. Did you know divorce is up over 30% between March and June of this year as it was last year? So it means all of us who had the center of our life in this relationships, and they just crumble. You see, when Jesus is not at the center, everything falls apart. Just like if you were to remove the sun, just because you didn't like it, everything falls apart. You see, what Jesus was trying to get Peter's attention is like, Jesus is like, Peter, I want you to be grounded. When Jesus is at the center, he keeps you grounded. He keeps you grounded. Grounded on what's important. Remember this, whatever is at your center, whatever is at your center, it's going to guide you, it's going to ground you, and it will either give or take your life. It's gonna do those things. So what's at your center and is it worth it? And then the last person who lost Jesus was Mary. Mary lost Jesus. Jesus died, and he's now in the tomb. And Mary comes with some of her friends. She comes looking for Jesus. And she comes and she meets these men. And it says in Luke chapter 24, verses 3 through 5, But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothes. It says in John's gospel that they say, Where have you taken him? And the women were terrified, verse 5, terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you look for the living the living one among the dead. He is not here, but he was. He has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still with you? You see, Mary was so, she was so focused on finding Jesus among the dead, finding Jesus somewhere. She got, she got focused on something that wasn't real, that wasn't true. She had, she had forgotten what Jesus had said. And I think some of us, we can live in this place of forgotten. And this angel says, why are you looking for Jesus among the dead? Why are you looking for Jesus among dead things, among things that are not important, among things that have no value, among things that are not going to give you life? My little niece, my sister-in-law, she moved to Tennessee a few, about a little over a year ago. And they, in Tennessee, if you've never been there, they have rolling green hills everywhere. It's super pretty, super humid, but really pretty. And one day as, as my niece, as they were leaving the Target parking lot, they're on this hillside in front of the Target is this, on this rolling green hill is this graveyard. And the graveyard's there. They're, they're pretty. And she says, hey, mom, look, a dead body garden. No matter how pretty or how cute you make it, it's still full of death, isn't it? And Mary, she comes to find Jesus in a place that only dead things are found. And the angel says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. You see, it's like, did you know that people used to worship the moon? Some people probably still do. Does the moon have any light in and of itself? Does the moon have any life in and of itself? No, the moon is a dead rock floating in the sky. Without the sun, the moon has no value. The moon has no light. The moon needs the sun. The moon reflects the light that the sun has. That's all the moon does. 
But some people have worshipped and you focus on a dead rock. And some of us, we have worshipped and we put something dead in the middle of our lives. And the angel says to Mary, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. Don't you remember? Some of us, we've gotten distracted and we've lost Jesus. We've lost Jesus in our life and we've gotten distracted by things and maybe there, some of them things can be good things, but if it distracts you from Jesus, then it's a bad thing. So I ask you, what, what's at the center of your life? What's at the middle of your life? Whatever's at the center of your life, it's going to guide you, it's going to ground you, and it's either going to give life or take it away. It's going to do those things. So what's at your center? Mary had forgotten that God, that Jesus said, death is not my end, but life is. Mary forgot that. Peter got so busy with it. Mary and Joseph got distracted with life. So where are you? What's at your center now? Maybe you're here looking, going, man, I, I want purpose. We're living in a world that's looking for something to believe in, anything to give them purpose. And maybe you're here now, you're looking for purpose for your life. You're looking to live life. And what does this even look like for me? Maybe you're busy with life. You're distracted by all the things that are going on in our world. And I get it. Our world has so much going on right now. It's so hard to stay grounded. It's so hard. You have to set aside time. Maybe you are so distracted with all that's going on, you're trying to find something that can ground you and center you, something that will give you some direction. You don't want to just live life, but you want to experience life. You want to experience joy. You want to experience purpose. You're looking for anything and everything to be your anchor and to be your center, but you haven't found it because everything you've put there has fallen apart and broken. And if that's you, let me tell you, Jesus wants to be your center. Jesus can be an anchor that will not let you go. It says in Hebrews chapter six, it says in the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise in Hebrews chapter six, verse 17, heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before you. Verse 19, this hope, this hope that Jesus died and rose again, this hope, this hope that we are to have as our center, this hope we have as an anchor. A hope both steadfast and sure, and one that allows us to enter in the veil where Jesus has entered as our forerunner. This hope, what, what does that mean? This week, I, I went to a retreat center, and, and it's, 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 been, it's been some crazy months, especially for a pastor. And for those of you who don't know a lot of pastors, pastors are in so much stress right now. It's, it's tough these times because you sort of bear a lot of burdens for people. I, don't, I would never change it. I love what I do, but it's tough. So I went away to just recenter myself because I felt I was being pulled. So I went away to recenter myself. And as I pulled up, one of the, the guys, the, the priest or whatever he is, he comes out and meets me at my car. And he goes, hey, you're the pastor? I said, yeah. He goes, man, I love your church. I said, why? He goes, I love the message your church says. And I showed my daughter. My daughter goes to a church called North, uh, called, um, I don't, North Coast in San Diego. 
He goes, and I showed her your mission, what you guys are all about. You're all about helping people belong in community, believe in Jesus, and become who God is calling them to be. And she said, Dad, that's what it's all about. You have it all backwards, because this place that I want is a Catholic retreat center. She goes, Dad, you guys have it all backwards. She goes, Dad, because you guys are all about, you have to become before you can believe, and then you have to believe before you belong, but that's backwards. That's backwards. And you see what happened when Jesus died on the cross, he opened the curtain so you could come into his presence. That's what that means. You can come into his presence. You can be with him and be in his presence and enjoy him and experience him. That's what that curtain means. Because in some religions, even today, there's a curtain that separates us. But God says, let me be the center and the anchor of your life now. You see, Jesus, he can be the, end, the, the, the center. He wants to be your center. You can depend on him. Your life can revolve around him. It's revolving around something right now. Is what your life is revolving around, is it worth it? Is it an anchor for you? Why not make it something that's constant? You see, if Jesus isn't the center of your life, then everything or everyone else will become it. Your life needs a center. It needs a source. Worship team, you can come on up. Your life has a center of some kind. What is it? Maybe you're a believer. You're like, okay, Jeremiah, okay, pastor, how how do I take this next step? what, What do I do? I'm realizing my life is, it's either been so busy with stuff or I've been focusing on dead things. What do I do? What do I do? Maybe your next step saying, I need to put my faith in Jesus. Maybe that's your next step, is actually taking a step saying, you know what? I want to believe in Jesus today. I want to believe that he can forgive me and that he can set me free. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe you believe in Jesus already, but maybe your next step is you need to get baptized. You've never been baptized and that's your next step. We're having a baptism, as you heard Mark say, in two weeks. Maybe that's your next step. That you need to make that commitment, say, you know what, I want to be baptized and I want to show the world that I want to follow after Jesus with my life. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is serving. You know, you heard Mark talk about it. How we need, I mean, we do. We, we want to open up. We've been able to regather as adults. Our kids have not been able to regather yet. It's sad. And when Mark talks about how we need four more people to to serve in the city kids, that's only so we can open up to first grade. So as of right now, my second grader, my son, is not going to get to go to, he's not going to get to regather with his friends yet. And I'm not guilt tripping you, but I want you to know that there are places where you can serve. That might be your next step. If you have been sitting comfortable here, why aren't you serving? You're wondering, why am I not growing? Why am I not hearing more from the Lord? Maybe it's because you are so lazy, you're not serving in the place that you're going. Just to be real. Maybe God's asking you to take a step of faith in your giving, in your finances. You're like, whoa, 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 don't touch my money. Man, it's it's not yours, it's God's. He gave it to you to begin with. It's trusting him with it. So maybe your next step is just say, okay, God, I want to give back to you. I want to be a part of what you're doing here at City View Church. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is to join the city group. I don't know what your next step is, but if Jesus isn't the center of your life and you want to make him, you have a next step. You have a next step. And I don't know what yours is. 
but Jesus wants to be your center. So I ask you, what is the center of your life today? What's here? What's here? Can you name it? If you can name it and it doesn't start with a J, get rid of it. Unless it's, if it's not Jesus, it might be some dude. Like my name starts with a J and I hope I'm not the center of Laramie's life. I hope I'm like out here somewhere. If it doesn't go Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. If it's anything other than this, you got work to do. So what's at your center? Does it ground you? Is it guiding you? Is it giving you life or is it taking it away? Or is what's at your center? Is it leaving you feeling stressed out, lost, drained, and forgotten? You see, Jesus wants to be your center because Jesus will guide you. He knows how to get you to where you need to go. Jesus will ground you in a world that is always changing. Jesus is a constant. Jesus will give you life. When you feel like life is all hopeless and lost and you feel like life is dead, Jesus will give you life. He never runs out of life-giving love, life-giving grace, and life-giving truth for you. So what's at your center? If it's not Jesus, make it him today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I know many of us have gotten distracted. We've lost you in some way. Lord, if that's us, God, I pray that you'd recenter us today. And if you're sitting here right now and you've never given your life to Jesus and you know that's your next step, you know your next step is to surrender and say, okay, I need to follow Jesus with my life. If that's your next step, I ask you to pray with me right now. You don't have to pray out loud. I just ask you to pray to yourself. You can pray out loud if you want. Say, dear God, I ask that Jesus would be the center of my life. I ask that he would set me free from how I've been living. I ask that you'd forgive me of all the things I've done. Jesus, I ask that you would save me. I believe that you died on a cross for me, and I believe that you want to give me new life. Jesus, I ask that you would guide me, ground me, and give me life. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com. 